Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, August 4th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, you have uh, an interview at the end of this episode with a Broadway producer named Gene Fish. I think he's got a festival or something that's coming up in New York here uh, in the next few weeks, right? Well, actually, the festival is in October and November, but uh, the deadline for submitting to the festival is coming up uh, August 15th. So, And it's a New York New Works Theater Festival, which is really a development cycle for um, for writers. Uh, so if you have a new show that you'd like to submit, do it. Free submission. There is no huh. money. There is no payment to submit to wow. this festival. And it will be guaranteed to be read by at least one Broadway producer. And they're willing to give you notes about it, uh, whether or not you get picked. So take a Wait. listen to the interview at the end. Yeah. So you're telling me that there are some Broadway producers that accept scripts for free, either for a festival or for notes? Huh. What kind of I didn't know that was a thing. is this? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just absolutely shocked that people aren't trying to take money away from writers trying to break into the business and make a quick buck on someone else's uh, desire to better their career. Huh. Shocking. Yeah. Listen to this uh, interview at the end. It's uh, it was a lot of fun to talk to Gene. Uh, and not only that, but if you get picked for the festival, most of the cost is is borne by uh, Gene oh, wow. and sponsors and things like that. It's, it's less than $700 That's... to be part of the festival. And it plays at the uh the Duke on 42nd Street, which is an awesome. Wow. House. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's and a they, great they absorb project. most yeah. of the, uh, the most of the cost within the group itself without. Um, so if you uh, are able to put together a show for less than 700 bucks in, in New York, do it. When you, I better start. I better start writing a musical. Damn it. It plays musicals, everything. <laughs> All right. Cool. I'm looking forward to hearing that. All right. First up in the news, the public theater cancels the Saturday performance of Hamlet. Yeah, James, have you haven't seen the production of Hamlet, have you yet? No, I'm not going to see it. Uh, I missed my window of opportunity. I got the invite, and I got lost in the shuffle of emails around the Tony Award time. Mm. And so, uh, and then given the mixed reviews, people loved it or hated it, I was like, oh, three hours to watch Hamlet. I said, let's pass on it. Well, I think it's a little more than three hours, but we'll get to that uh, because apparently the show is pretty taxing for the performers because yesterday the venerable theater company announced that it will be canceling nearly all Saturday matinees between now and the show's scheduled closing of September 3rd. The affected, affected performances will be on August 5th, 12th, 26th, and September 2nd. The production directed by Tony winner Sam Gold, who also directed a highly controversial uh, production of a beloved stage classic that James, I know you loved earlier this year in the glass menagerie. Um, he does make some cuts to Shakespeare's original text, which is pretty common for productions of Hamlet, but it is still clocking in at almost four hours. Yeah. Therefore, the public said in a statement, quote, as an artist-driven organization, the welfare of our actors is always a top priority. Over the last few weeks, the intensity that Hamlet requires of our actors over the four-hour show 
is starting to take a toll. The show stars Oscar Isaac as the Prince of Denmark, Peter Friedman, Roberta Colandres, Charlene Woodard, uh, Gail Rankin, Keegan-Michael Key, and others. The nine-person cast is less than half of what the Bard's original script calls for, so maybe that uh, has to do a little bit with the toll that it's taking on them physically. But James, off the top of my head, I can't remember any shows canceling this many performances this far in advance as a preventative measure rather than in response to, you know, like an illness or an injury or something and even that you don't see them canceling this many performances they always get somebody else in there next man up kind of thing um especially when you think about how tough it is to get tickets to this production yeah i can't imagine what's going to happen with those people who had matinee tickets um hmm. Hmm. Have to... that was not part of the release that was not part of the statement and the release that the public theater sent out anywhere i don't know if they're going to make up those performances later or if they're just saying tough luck of the draw, but I would imagine there are some subscribers that had those matinee tickets. So I'm assuming they're going to try to accommodate them as much as possible. But as of now, I don't know exactly how they're going to be doing that. Yeah. And it's actually in a smaller theater than uh, it's not in the largest theater down at the public. So um, right. there's less people to take care of. And, you know, the public's got some ins over at Hamilton. So maybe they can just uh, ask these people say, Hey, if we give you some Hamilton tickets, can that work? <laughs> Uh, it couldn't hurt to try. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Kennedy Center opts for pop culture over fine arts for this year's honors. Yeah, James, call me a cynical liberal, but it does seem a little unusual that in the first year of the term for a president who has openly sparred with the arts community, that the Kennedy Center has gone with a slate made up almost completely of pop culture figures, almost completely eschewing the fine arts, which are, you know, they've always at least been somewhat included in the annual honors, even if that number of representation has gone down over the years. The only artist from the more traditional art forms recognized this year will be actress, dancer, and choreographer Carmen Della Valade. This year's other honorees are pop music icon Gloria Estefan, whom I guess we can kind of claim as part of the theater community because of On Your Feet. She'll be recognized opposite the star of NCIS Los Angeles and the host of the esteemed television program Lip Sync Battle, LL Cool J. Obviously, he's also a pioneering and Grammy-winning hip-hop artist, but he hosts Lip Sync Battle and he's getting a Kennedy Center honor. Anyway, um, the one who I'm most excited about is legendary television writer and producer Norman Lear. I almost wish that the Kennedy Center honors <laughs> allowed the honorees to make speeches because I can only imagine what he would have to say about President Trump. And then the last one recognized will be the phenomenal recording artist Lionel Richie. I have absolutely no problem with any of these people. It just seems weird that there's no one that is from the, you know, the the theater community or uh, the opera community or um, the the orchestra community. These things are always kind of recognized in one or two or three people. I mean, we obviously have you know, a choreographer and a dancer, but it just seems like, man, throwing in LL Cool J. I mean, no, no offense, ladies love Cool James, but it's uh, it seems a little, seems a little odd. So, James, who should I be more mad at, Trump or CBS, who airs the ceremony on TV? Well, I'm not sure who to be more mad with, but uh, next year they're going to honor Steve Ducey from Fox and Friends. Stop so. it! Don't you dare! Don't you! wash your mouth out <laughs> i mean hannity's gonna get a national medal of honor next year so i mean you know they're gonna make hannity a five-star general oh. all right 
<laughs> That's me beating Stop my head beating my your desk. head on the desk. Stop doing that. We had stopped that last year. Okay. <laughs> Are you still wearing a helmet while, sh- while doing the show? I should. I should. You should. <laughs> All right. So uh, we got some news over at the Hudson. The Parisian woman finds a Broadway home. Yeah, yesterday the producer of Bo Willimon's play The Parisian Woman, starring Uma Thurman and Josh Lucas, announced that the show will play the Ambassador Theatre Group's Hudson Theatre beginning on Tuesday, November 7th, ahead of a November 30th opening. Those dates are important. Keep those in mind. Uh, American Express card members can purchase tickets beginning Monday, August 7th, this coming Monday, at 10 a.m. Then Audience Rewards members can get their tickets starting on August 11th. Then the rest of us schlubs who don't belong to anything fancy can buy tickets beginning on August 14th. Now, James, with an opening on November 30th, even if this show is a limited run, they haven't announced a if it's a limited run, although I assume it is. But they haven't announced a closing and with tickets not on sale yet. We can't see how far tickets are on sale to. But depending on how long it runs, this could potentially also eat up the Hudson for the entire spring season, too. I mean, if it's a five month run going into April, that pretty much means that no other show can get in there before the Tony eligibility deadline at the end of April. Do we really think Uma Thurman's going to do that long of a run? I, I mean, a four or five month run is not out of the realm of possibilities for a, for a play. I mean, look, Bette Midler is doing 10 months and Dolly. Granted, that's a musical, but, you know, the short run plays and limited runs are are four or five months generally fairly, fairly common, probably more on the four side. But I, I, I don't know. When, when, when would they have to get out at the end of March? I mean, they had no. They'd have to get out at the beginning of March to give yeah. you know, the load out, load in a month of previews. So, is it is it only going to be a three month run of no of you know? I guess yeah. once it opens December, October. Or, oh my lord, December, January. That's what happens when I uh, beat my head against the table. <laughs> uh, December, January, and February. I mean, it just seems like it's it's getting it tight in there, depending on what else they want to come in. Now, granted, one of the things that is nice about it is is that this is a play, so probably not all of the major machinations that they would have to have in terms of set construction. The Hudson is a fairly small small house, and you know they did have Sunday in the Park, but that you know, it was kind of an odd uh, set for a musical. So maybe they're just kind of banking on another play going in there eventually. But they're kind of kind of close, I think. I'm glad that they're bringing art back to the Hudson Theater. Yeah. As opposed to it being a ballroom for private events? No, as opposed to 1984. Oh, that bad, huh? That bad. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay. All right. Uh, hey, what the heck? ABC cancels Little Mermaid sing along. Yeah, you remember that thing they announced? Uh, I don't know if it was earlier this year, or late last year. It was going to be like a sing along with stars. They're going to show the movie too. Yeah, the songs. It's kind of based off the Hollywood Bowl concert. Well, they're not doing that anymore. <laughs> Yesterday, USA Today reported that the network has removed the program from its schedule. It was supposed to air on October third, early into the new TV season. Apparently, sets had already been built and they were going to start rehearsing fairly soon. But according to a source that had to be off the record uh, or at least on background due to uh, anonymity concerns, said that budgetary constraints put the kibosh on the program. Uh, While this wasn't going to be the full musical like we've seen on NBC or even Fox, um, it is the second live musical event to be pulled from a network schedule in the last few months following the postponement of NBC's Bye Bye Birdie Live. That seems to have to do more with 
producer and star JLo's um, increasingly busy schedule with the success of World of Dance and her TV show Shades of Blue. Um, but James, these things are super expensive and I can't imagine they make a ton of money for the network. So I, I would imagine that when they have to cut some some money or if things get out of hand in terms of what they're spending, I kind of understand why they cut it, even if it doesn't make me happy. I, it's Disney. Disney doesn't have some money to throw to something like this. Come this on now, Guardians of the Galaxy only made like $750 billion or $750 million. <laughs> I mean, they don't have that kind of change lying around. <laughs> it's, that's amazing. I, and there's no truth to the rumor that Steve Ducey was going to play uh, Ariel? Uh, uh, <laughs> Ursula. 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 <laughs> Rupert Murdoch is Ursula. <laughs> wow. We have to uh, find out if there's more to this story. That, that that's that, that's sad that they cut that. I was looking forward to a Little Mermaid sing along. Yeah. So now we're just now we're just uh, looking forward to a Christmas story in December on Fox. Jesus Christ Superstar on back on NBC as we mentioned on April first, and then Rent at some point in terms of uh, Fox during 2018 and then a few good men in the spring. That's not a musical, but that means they're still back to just being on NBC and Fox. I'm still shocked that ABC hasn't done anything at all in this space, considering, you know, the, the number of properties that ABC could harness and CBS there, they're going to stick with their procedurals and multicam sitcoms. They aren't going to do anything like this. All right, James, so that's enough about live musicals on screen. Let's talk about live musicals on stage in your interview with Gene Fish from the New York New Works Festival. Did I get that right? New York New Works Theater Festival. Gotcha. Okay, it's like a tongue twister. (laughs) With us today, we have a very special guest. Gene Fish Jr. is with us. Gene is here to talk to us about the New York New Works Theater Festival, which he created uh, a few years ago, and uh, it's rolling around again, and we wanted to let our listeners know more about this growing festival. So, Gene, thanks for joining us. James, thank you so much for having us tonight. This is great. Tell me about the New York New Works Theater Festival. What is it, and why should we be interested about it? Well, you know, a few years ago, a few of us were talking about um, what the theater community needed, and I I gave some thought to a give-back project on how we could help the community and bring in a lot of uh, Broadway professionals and television professionals to uh, participate. And we came about an idea where we said, you know what, let's throw a theater festival uh, that absorbs most of the costs for the participants. Uh, It's completely or almost completely self-funded. We take care of most of the costs and bring in a bunch of Broadway professionals and TV professionals to come and mentor the writers and review the work uh, and actually present the work at a top-notch theater. And this year, we're at the Duke Theater on 42nd Street, so it's going to be very exciting. Now, uh, a lot of people who have had various levels of exposure to festivals – you know, get very excited when they might submit their work to a festival and then get ups- get accepted to the festival and then find out they have thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars in cost to be involved in the festival. I think that that's the big difference in yours, isn't it? Oh, one of the big differences, uh, that was part of the, the give back aspect to the community. Um, we we do charge uh, $665 this year uh, at the Duke. However, 
uh, we take care of most all of the other costs or all of the costs involved. So theoretically, someone could perform their entire show for that amount uh, if they manage their budgets properly. Um, as far as the thousands and thousands of dollars, we've had ranges across the entire spectrum. Some of our participants have been college students who you know, were just very, very talented and their work was appreciated by the panel. Um, we've also gone up to uh, Jane Atkinson had a piece who she's raised some money for it through our festival and through outside sources and hopefully that'll hit Broadway in the in the short term um, to a excuse me to a show last year where there was a, a cast almost entirely comprised of actors and actresses who currently have lead roles on Broadway so it's it's really a special event, um, and many, many members and producers of the Broadway community come together to support it and make it work. Now, tell our listeners a little bit, you know, 30 seconds on Gene Fish Jr. Tell, tell us, you know, uh, what's your experience? They don't here? want to know about that. <laughs> well, um, I mean, it's important I, that uh, you, are, you are a Broadway producer, so and, and people might not know that, and you have involved a lot of other Broadway producers. So let's talk about this a little bit. Sure. Um, I've had some beginner's luck. Uh, I've done a couple of things in the entertainment industry, but by, by trade, I'm a, a math teacher. Um, I uh, engineer by training, economist. I was in finance for several years, uh, had a company in the fashion industry that negotiated contracts on behalf of some pretty renowned fashion models. And then uh, when I came out of graduate school, I just decided, you know, what are the things that are important for me? So I, uh, I said I want to choose projects that, um, I don't know, make, make little differences. So I helped start a school for at-risk children, uh, produced a concert at Carnegie Hall that uh, took all the proceeds and, and donated them to the public school system to enlist music programs and six public schools. So, you know, little projects like that. And, uh, you know, I've been currently working with several folks on setting up a distribution to deliver medicine overseas. So there's a lot of different things in play, but the festival is a give back project that I'm just excited about because it makes a difference in the arts community. And uh, I love that. Who are some of the other uh, folks that are part of your producing uh, panelists? Great question. We have a, a magnificent team. Uh, Lucia Kaiser, uh, Broadway producer, Emmy winner on television and film, uh, created several films, used to be the executive producer for Johnny Carson, a former head of the Democratic Party, uh, Larry Kay, Aaron Craig, John o. Robbins, uh, Hinton Battle, um, Stephanie Rosenberg. I mean, a list goes on and on. Carol Ostro, uh, goodness, Gordon Hughes of American in Paris a couple years ago, Stu Sternbach. Um, ben Simpson. I mean, we really have a top-notch team of professionals, and that just scratches the surface of those who support these writers, who donate their time. Every one of these panelists donate their time to come and review the work, watch the work, mentor the writers, and the submissions, which are completely free, by the way. Every submission is reviewed by at least one Broadway producer. And then if it gets a certain score on a, a rubric, I'm an engineer by trade, so uh, <laughs> I, have to, I have to have numbers in there. You have to have but, metrics. Uh, every, yeah, exactly. No, I live on Excel. Um, but every uh, submission is reviewed by at least one Broadway producer and then hopefully eventually a whole team of Broadway producers. So everyone wins. Um, you know, regardless of whether you're in or not, you're definitely having your work reviewed. And if they want, I'm happy to provide notes on that. Uh, 
you know, it's all about helping people build their skill set, and and that's one way we can we can succeed in doing that. So, for any listeners out there who might have a script or are thinking about writing a script, how do they uh, get in touch with you? Well, our website, grab your pencils, everybody, is uh, www dot theaterfestival and theater is T-H-E-A-T-R-E festival.com and uh, any questions they have they can email nynwtheaterfestival at gmail.com and we'll be happy to answer them but our, our website is pretty thorough and um, we like to think it uh, gives everyone an opportunity to understand what we're all about and if they have any questions beyond that we're happy to answer them. So it's a no risk. They can come to your website, submit their script to you guys, uh, and uh, there's uh, no cost to them up front and, and get, get their script in front of a Broadway producer. Exactly. And, you know, once in, too, we, we try. I mean, we have some scholarship. Uh, we really want this to be based on talent. The, uh, the participation fee barely scratches the surface. We give a lot of that to the general managers and the staff of the theater. Sure. But uh, I can promise you, I mean, the Duke Theater is one of the, arguably one of the better off-Broadway theaters in New York City. And, uh, you know, the, everything that goes into it, every panelist is donating their time. We have a couple cocktail parties so you can meet the panelists. We really want to make this an experience that benefits their career um, because that's what this is all about. That's why everyone's coming each night to see these shows. So what are the deadlines here for submission? Uh, good question. I almost forgot that one. August 15th. So you still have a couple of weeks. And uh, the each submission, so that everyone is aware, a lot of these shows are full-length shows that have been condensed because the guidelines are 30 minutes or less. Some of our shows are 10 minutes. Some of our shows are 30 minutes. Um, we have musicals, artistic shows, comedies, dramas. We try and mix it up on each evening because the audience likes that. And the investors that we try and bring in have given us great feedback on uh, their favorable attitude towards being able to see four or five shows in the evening that are 10 to 25 minutes in length or 10 to 30 minutes in length versus spending an entire afternoon on sure. one performance. Absolutely. So it's, it's worked out great all the way around, and it helps the participants polish up their work uh, easily and quickly. So as they progress from round one to round two to round three, we give them notes after each performance. And if they choose to accept those notes, there's plenty of time to make a revision. So uh, repeat that. The uh, deadline for submissions is August 15th, and the uh, website and all the other contact information and information about this will be on the uh, show notes at broadwayradio.com. Uh, the actual festival itself is October 2nd through November 6th, and uh, I guess that's it. Gene, thank you so much for joining us on Broadway Radio. We really appreciate it. James, I really appreciate you, and this is fantastic. Thank you so much. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt and subscribe to Something Got Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And James, you don't know this yet, but on tomorrow, or tomorrow in this very feed, we will have a summer update from On My Way to a BFA with Natalie Nowak. She's going to oh, kind of great. look back at her first year in her BFA program and, and let everybody know what's going on there. So we'll have a little mini update episode in the feed tomorrow. Wow, that's great. My name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. 
Thanks for wrapping up the week with us, and Matt and I will be back and talk to you on Monday. 